I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming with Life in the Rough, the podcast. Brief hiatus, but here we are again. Lovely to uh, lovely to be back with you all. Absolutely. And to be back with you, Brian. Uh, you too, bud. Good to see your face. Uh, I mean, I'm very oh, excited bud. to hear about the, the trip out to Arizona, the golf trip. I mean, but everyone has been waiting on pins and needles. I'll tell you, I had... Multiple text messages, more than two, multiple text messages last week. Where's the pod? Where's the pod? What are we missing? What's going on here? I know. We'll be right back. Quick trip. Don't you worry about it. So we're back. Got a lot to discuss. Um, so how was the trip? Uh, the trip was awesome. I, uh, I I know we have like a few boxes we need to check on the trip itself. I want to obviously talk to you about the golf. I want to talk to you about uh our time in scottsdale and i know we had a um i don't know if we ever put like an over under on it but we were talking about balls. Uh, how many how many golf balls i would bring and how many i would return with so i want to make sure we get into that too but um yeah I'll, I'll dive in the um scottsdale was great first things first um Scottsdale was much colder than I anticipated it to be. I, I wore pants every day on the golf course. And I think of the three days I played golf, I probably played between four and six total holes where I had um, just a polo on the top. Like I had, I had a pullover on the top pretty much the entire time. Okay. A little bit chilly. Um, Saturday and Sunday, we had frost delays. Um, I think both of them were like an hour. Um, it was like 30 degrees when we would wake up in the morning. Um, so I think I went there like the one week out of the year that that happened, but, um, the first day, so I landed at 12, 15 walks of my baggage, got my baggage off the, the carousel or whatever, got over to my rental car, hopped in my rental car, drove immediately to the first course that I had a tea time at. I think I landed at 1215 and I teed off at 150. So oh, like, love that. Within within an hour and a half, I, I was teeing off. Um, I was playing at this course, Silverado, which is basically like, like a local Muni in Scottsdale. Um, nothing special. Um, didn't even have a driving range. They had this weird like um it was like a batting cage net set up with like these mats that you could hit off of. But I swear, dude, it was just like the like turf carpet and there was concrete underneath it. Like I hit two seven irons and I was like, I feel like I'm going to break my fucking wrist on this. Like I can't even, can't even do this. But um, either way, I get paired up with this uh, elderly couple and I hear one of them talking with a thick Boston accent. And I was like, oh, where are you, where are you guys from? They're like, oh, we're from Cape Cod. And I'm like, okay, great. Um, so I played with this elder, not elderly, like freshly retired couple. Like they literally moved to Scottsdale 48 hours earlier. They were playing their first round. Oh, okay. uh, I think, I think both of them maybe shot like a 125. They, they told me they've been playing golf for 30 years. No, they've put, pl- they played at Cyprus and I'm, I'm like, they're t- like, they were super nice people. Like I had a lot of fun playing with them and everything, but like, I'm like, you've been playing 30 years. Like, you can barely hit the golf ball. And like, when he told me he had played at Cyprus, I'm like, did you even have fun? Like, like there's just not like, I'm not trying to knock people that are great at golf, but like after, if you're playing that long, don't you get to the point where you're like, it's more fun to improve, you know, and like enjoy, enjoy the game a little bit more that way. Like, 
Am I wrong here? No, I couldn't imagine. Now, I I mean, this kind of bleeds into the virtual golf league that I'm in with with some of the people in there. But I couldn't imagine. Like, I love I fucking love golfing, as I'm sure everyone yeah. that listens to this podcast does. I, I, I love being out there. I love everything about it. I'm I'm pretty confident that if something happened where like I just woke up with amnesia or, or like I didn't know how to swing a golf club anymore. And then everyone told me, like, yo, you love golf. Let's go play golf. These are your sick-ass clubs with a marker locker on the bag. I'm like, oh, shit, that is nice. Um, and I went to the course, and I shot, like, and I was just going out there and shooting in 120 every time, yeah. like, for a week. That That's what I was doing. Uh, I don't I don't think I would do that. Um, I just, it can't be enjoyable. That's what I get back to. Like, even if you love something, like, if it's not going well, like, you're not going to want to do it. Um, Like a lot of the fun in golf is like not being that great that you're hitting a great shot every time. But it's like when you do hit that, like two or three awesome shots in a round, like you're like, that's what keeps you coming back. You know what I mean? It only takes one. Right. But if you're not even getting one, like, I don't know. I I, I don't mean to to talk, to talk shit about these folks. They're like I said, they were incredibly nice. We had a good time. We ended up playing the front nine twice because um, the starter, we, we were stuck behind like a bunch of groups. It was really slow on the front before we even teed off. The starter was like, I'm not sure if you guys are going to finish a full 18. If you want, you can feel free to turn back to one and then you'll be able to play a full 18. You just have to play the front again because there won't be anybody out there. So we just decided to do that because we were just waiting a ton, mm-hmm. um, which was fine. Um, I played like absolute. Haka, I shot an 87. Um, Those are off-season uh, numbers. That's all right. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i not really going to go through like shot by shot or hole by hole for any of the three rounds I played, but um, played like played like Kaka, 87. My, uh, I think I mentioned this before I went. I was worried about this happening, but my speed on the greens was terrible. Um, first things first, the greens out there were all... A lot slower than I was anticipating. Okay. Um, and I think my birdie ball mat is just really fucking fast. Um, because I was so used to putting on that and like I was leaving I, I left some 30 foot putts like 10 to 12 feet short at times. I was like, what the fuck am I doing out here? Okay. Um, but right. my short my short putts were dialed right. If I was like within six feet, I felt pretty confident if I hit it on the if I read it right, it was going in the hole. So Love that was good. Um, but the course itself, nothing to write home about. Silverado, I got you a ball. Love that. Appreciate um, it, buddy. Like you mentioned, uh, we got our marker lockers. I got mine sitting right next to me right here on my desk. Cha-ching. Um, so what I'm what I'm doing now is I'm getting a uh, a ball marker every time I go play a new golf course. Um, so I got a nice ball marker from Silverado. I got one from the other two courses I played. So I'm gonna load this puppy up uh before the spring. I'm gonna start um, do- I'm gonna start doing the same thing, Kev. I mean, I I've always or not always, maybe the past two years, I've really been dialed into Every pin with the pinned rangefinder, but been dialed into grabbing a ball at a new course. Um, and sometimes I've really only grabbed the the ball markers at like the nicer courses because prior yeah. to me- meeting the marker locker boys, I would just pretty much use the same ball marker every time I would go out there um, just because I wouldn't have to keep a bunch of them in my bag. I would just like to fumble around with stab myself on a T marker like so I'll just really just keep one. But 
sometimes I'd lose it in my pants and I'd find it a few weeks later after the wash or you hear it banging yeah. around the dryer. Um, but since, you know, I've started picking up, I found, I found a Pinehurst uh, at Blackledge. That's a sick, sick one. Pretend that I played there. Um, a ball or a marker? A ball marker. Uh, I got oh, okay. So my marker locker is looking pretty nice on the right-hand side. It it goes TPC River Highlands, Pinehurst, Bethpage Black, Augusta National, and TPC Sugarloaf. And then on the inside, nice. I've got some poker chips um, and a couple other on the inside on the wall. So, yeah, no, I I, I pulled it out the other night at um, that uh, virtual golf league, and I got – overwhelming compliments about it they're like where can i find it how much is it where can i get it i was like guys they'll be in the mail as soon as you order them they're at the pga show right now down in orlando like these guys are really putting their boots to the ground making this company grow um so i i I love it Uh, i can't wait to start loading that thing up but i am nervous about when i get a nice ball marker and then someone wants to play me for it i'm i I might just like not give it to them i might be like yeah i just gotta go in my car real quick and then just drive away I'm not sure. Like, I'm not trying to lose an Augusta National Ballmark. Like, what the fuck? Can't well, gamble don't, that. Don't, don't, don't. If it's in the locker, it's in play, Brian. Right? So that's what the boy said. So that's just what the don't boy said. That's what locker. makes me nervous. But listen, uh, that that it makes me nervous. Um, yeah, yeah. Because what if the my opponent's best offering is like Tallwood, and, and I'm like, yo, I'm not playing Tallwood for Beth Page. Like, this is. Yeah, that's a really good point. they they needed there needs to be a grading system out there there a company will start grading uh the quality of ball markers based on the prestige of the course itself and then it'll be like a pokemon card or something like that like yeah there's there's levels to it so do you have a uh, a birch planes uh unfortunately i do not i do have a scorecard that i uh keep in my um scorecard holder um yeah I keep it underneath my scorecard for a little bit of good luck. Um, but uh, yeah, unfortunately, Birch Planes, they didn't, they weren't that uh, advanced in their pro shop. Their pro shop, sure. I mean, they had more like ice cream cones, varieties of ice cream cone than they had like shirts or hats or, yep. or anything, um, which is unfortunate, which is, Got it. is what it is. But sure. Uh, um, so yeah, so the marker, uh, the marker locker's full. I'm going to start like you grabbing ball, or continue to grab ball markers at new places that I play. And uh, I'm just going to be a collector. I'm just going to be a collector. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, me too. I need to start doing that, especially I've been trying to play different courses more so. So uh, I just want to you know, have have some uh, memorabilia from doing so. Yeah, but. if I'm not collecting trophies, I want to collect ball markers. Exactly, exactly. I I can't, gonna I'm not going to show off the scorecards to my grandkids. I'm not going to be like, hey, sweetheart, you want to see this 88 daddy uh, grandpa got? Don't worry about yeah. that triple on the first. We made it up. Yeah, seriously. Um, so, yeah, so that was my first day of golf in Scottsdale. Um, not really a desert golf experience. This was like the golf course ran parallel to like the main street. Like if you, if I tugged to drive, I would have put it like into somebody's windshield. Oh, um, so I was like in the middle of like, it was a main road on one side. And then on the other side was just like uh, developments. So um, kind of in the middle of the neighborhood. Okay. Um, weekend golf though, were the two nice courses. So we played TPC Scottsdale champions course and we played 
um, talking stick, uh, the Udom course. The Udom. Um, bo- Udom. Both of them have two courses. Um, first things first, let me say this, and I've been told this before I went there. The great thing about these courses in Scottsdale is all of them, ha- other than the place I played Friday, all of them have beautiful practice facilities, right? Like beautiful grass ranges, really big practice putting greens, and all of them have like short game areas where you could work on like basically like chipping, but also like 50 yards in it, bunker play, you name it. So That's important. we got to TPC Scottsdale probably like an hour before our tea time. We had three tea times because there was 12 of us. So like we all, we all got there early. We were the last to tee off. So we watched everybody else tee off that whole thing. Um, but just, you know, hit some balls, rolled some putts, like got the experience. I got this hat I'm wearing. I got you a ball, me a ball marker, um, kind of did the whole thing. Um, and kind of did the same thing at, uh, at talking stick the next day too. But, um, TPC Scottsdale was really my first like desert golf experience. Um, So it's interesting because like one of the guys I was playing with was like, Oh yeah, I'm surprised at like how many trees there are on the golf course. And I'm like looking around and like, there's like, there's definitely trees, but I'm like, I'm used to playing up in like upstate New York, you know, like there's not, there's, there's There's trees in the fucking fairway. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's woods. So, um, (laughs) but it was interesting, man, because it made it like I hit a couple balls just like into the desert, right? But you can just go play it out of the desert. Like it's just like going right. into basically like a like it's easy to find your ball because like there's nowhere for it to hide unless it like rolls under a bush or something like that. Um but TPC Scottsdale was a really, really cool golf course, cool facility. Um, I'm trying to think of like like the opening, the opening hole was really cool. Kind of like a shorter par four. I teed off with a three iron because there's like water on the left if you go too far. Um, I I hit what I thought was an absolute dart. I was like 30 feet past the pin. Um, and then the we had like a two on two match going, and the the guy on the other team stuck it to like two feet. So I was like, fuck this. Oh, um, yeah. And then um, did they have any other like? nothing crazy in terms of like really cool holes, but there's like really a lot of like fun par fives to play. Like nothing. I had like one par five that I could kind of get up to and two I ended up putting it in a greenside bunker. Um, I, that was my theme of the weekend too, dude. I was in a million bunkers. Like I must've been for every nine holes. I must've found three bunkers. Um, Ooh, so a lot were, of bunker play. Were the greens elevated or were they kind of just level? Um, A little bit of both actually. Um, so a lot of them were elevated, um, a little bit of both. Um, even when they were level, a lot of times there would be like sunken bunkers though. Yeah. Right. right? So like, Mm -hmm. um, if you ended up with the bunkers, like you had to like go up kind of thing, but luckily my bunker play was actually, was actually pretty good. Um, all the sand there I found was really, really nice and nice nice to play out of. Yeah. But same same theme as the other days like i just i just wasn't really hitting it that great um my putting wasn't great my driving wasn't great i was just like really really sloppy it's um, january it's yeah january. exactly um and then the next day we played talking stick which is a so talking stick is a indian reservation and casino so uh it was interesting so tpc champions 
Um, there's the fairway. And then as soon as you're off the fairway, it's just dormant grass. Like it kind of looks like, like if you had an overhead camera, you would think it was like the desert, but it's just dormant grass. Yeah. When you went to talking stick, there was none of that dormant grass. Everything was like bright, fresh, lush green. And a couple of guys that we were down there with like lived there. And they were saying the reason is, is because Scottsdale or I don't know if it's Scottsdale or Arizona or what it is, but they limit, I think it's like how much water you can use. Mm -hmm. The reservations are not held to the They have their own water supply. So they're not held to that. So that's all the reservation courses are like that. They're all just like lush and green and everything. Wow. Um, so it was interesting because when you were hitting off that dormant grass, it was really like um, you've played golf in Florida, right? Yeah. So, you know, like the greenside fringe in Florida, how it's like kind of like spongy and mm-hmm. like your ball sits up on oh, it. Yeah. You can dig it, dig into it. That's kind of how that dormant grass was. Um, but at Talking Stick, it was just like these nice tight green runoff areas that were a little bit firmer underneath. So it was really hard to chip off of that dormant grass, but at talking stick, it was kind of easier to like take out a 60 and, and nip it and do all that. So um, I guess what I'm trying to say is I thought TPC was a better golf course, like better layout, like more mm-hmm. thoughtful design, things like that. But I thought talking stick was a little bit more enjoyable to play. Okay. Probably, an, probably an easier golf course, basically. Um, but basically what I did, I shot, uh, on Saturday at TPC, I did 43 on the front, 43 on the back for an 86. Consistent. Mr. Consistency. And then on Sunday, I shot 43 on the front, 43 on the back for an 86. Um, <laughs> what did you shoot Friday? I shot an 87. I don't know what I don't know what Fucked the it up. was. You could have yeah, 43s across the board. Dude, I know. Um, but let me say my my front nine at talking stick. I started with a bogey. I went bogey birdie, triple, triple birdie. What? So I had, I had two birdies in the first five holes and I was five over. Um, the group Which of guys that you were with, were they good golfers, more weekend golfers? What, what sort of, what was the, um, I would say so a, a big split. Um, okay. I will say like, so, we broke up the groups in a good way. So on Saturday, it was myself, um, Matt DaCosta, who we've had on the oh, part of yeah. the program. We've had him on the program. He's actually who I stayed with down there. Uh, my buddy Gavin, who was in my wedding, you know Gav. And mm-hmm. then um, uh, their their friend Stu, who's from our hometown and actually lives down there. So the four of us are of varying like levels of play, but we're all like pretty into golf i play a lot of golf i play mm-hmm. a couple times a week all very into it i would say for the most part everybody else there was a little bit more of a casual golfer um and then sunday it was me at gavin and um, our friend cj who i would say is kind of like in between those two like he, he's starting to take it a little bit more seriously kind of thing so um it was nice because like we, we were having fun but we were like all in groups that were like kind of there for the same reasons yeah. kind of thing like some guy like Saturday, for example, like a bunch of the other groups were like basically like slapping it around, getting shit faced, drinking cocktails, and our our group, our foursome, there wasn't a single beverage consumed during the round. We were just like we were there for the match. Like 
Oh, it boy. was just a very different, very different dynamic. But. You know, listen, there's a there's a good balance that can go into everything. All right. You can have some beverages yeah. on the call, of course. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not not talking shit about it. It was just like it was funny, like the the juxtaposition. But yeah, no, that that is wild. I, I would also love to have had a GoPro on the on the group that was just getting fucking shit faced because that's always fun to watch, too, unless you're behind him. And then that could we were directly behind them. Oh, that would have oh, drove me it... to drink. Yeah, they didn't really cause any problems for us, but that's good. Um, what I will say about the not comparing the two courses from like the actual course layout, but like the experience. Um, overall, I think the the experience at TPC Scottsdale was like very well done. But I think that's what you expect when you go to one of those TPC properties. They're all very tightly run. Yeah. But, How was the uh, sorry to cut you off? You'd mentioned you know, the practice facility was really nice. How would you compare it to TPC River Highlands? Um, so I would say the TPC River Highlands is very, very nice, actually. I would say that's better than TPC Champions in Scottsdale, but TPC Champions is across the street from TPC Stadium. Yeah. And I've heard that TPC Stadium has a has a nicer practice facility than Champions. And I like Champions wasn't bad by any means. Mm -hmm. So I, I would imagine that one over there is probably really, really nice. Yeah. Um, but you can see the stadium was going up and everything. Like they had all like the um I can't the bleachers and yeah, like the bleachers were going up and, and all and the scaffolding and all that was going up. So you could like we drove past it. Um so I couldn't really see into the, the golf course right. at all. Yeah. Right. Um but uh, no, I wouldn't say it was as nice as tpc river highlands but the tpc river highlands has a beautiful practice facility they have like the mold they have like a dedicated putting green dedicated chipping green sand areas like a huge range like that place is nice yeah i i, I was just curious because i thought that river highlands was better than tpc sugarloaf um for yeah. their practice facility they had a nice practice facility but i thought that river highlands was better um and i guess yeah. it would make sense if you're hosting like pga uh events but at the same time uh tpc sugarloaf held a champions tour event two weeks after we had played it so um it, it you know it gets professional play but that's good to know i was just curious um i, I would have loved yeah, to see I would, the scaffolding going up on yeah I, yeah that was kind of cool i i would guess that any like pros that are going to scottsdale if they're going for like a practice session i would imagine they're going over to the stadium course and i think that facility is probably a little bit nicer but, yeah it makes sense um in, in terms of like i said the experience like the starters all of that kind of stuff really really well run not like talking stick wasn't but tpc you can tell like they had like like these guys definitely went to like very formal training and, and shit like that like through the tpc network but mm -hmm. the interesting thing was was like i said we were in a group of three foursomes it was an incredibly slow round and we really started to notice it like by the back nine but we probably played and maybe five hours it might have even been a little bit over five hours and at one point i was starting to think i'm like is it our group slowing everything up and then um we were on the green of 17 and you can see the tee box of 18 and the group ahead of us and our other group of friends who was in front of them were all standing on the tee box waiting to tee off so basically there like Nobody was just going off and, and playing like in like a twosome or whatever. It was all like big groups, like all these groups that had like two foursomes, four foursomes, all of that. So like 
on the 18th green, like every few groups, there would just be like a congregation of like that whole group kind of thing. So I think that really slows everything down. Definitely. Um, I think there was a group of four groups in front of us. There was a group of three of them behind us. And the guys behind us were playing a scramble against their other groups. So they were like kind of on our backs all day, but they weren't like, they didn't give us a heart. Like they would like walk up to us on the tee boxes and just like start chatting with us. Like they were like very friendly. Um, but it was just an incredibly slow round. Whereas talking stick, it was just the four of us that played and we played and like, they told us like, they're like, you guys are going to play in three and a half hours. Um, after like the seventh hole, we didn't see the people in front of us for the rest of the day, basically. Like it, we were flying. That's um, so very, very different experience there as well. So I think that's part of the reason that I enjoyed it a little bit more. Um, but yeah, definitely recommend desert golf. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I wish I had played better, but. I tried to not let that get um, get to me too much. Like I felt like I played very, very poorly, and I shot eighty six both days. So if I if I play like ass and shoot eighty six, it's hard to be too upset and not feel a little bit optimistic going into the season. That's a great point, uh, definitely. And yeah. being on greens that you're more comfortable with. So I think I think just being able to practice like lag putting and like long putts is going to go a long way in the spring too. Because like I've just been doing. I've just basically been working on like eight to 10 foot putts for the last two months. Cause that's all I can work on, you know? So mm-hmm. I'm starting the ball online, which is great, but it's just like getting that feel for distance is, is going to take a while, but yeah, um, no, it was, it was fun. I, I mean, I'm, well, I'm glad to hear it was fun. That, that makes sense to me though. I mean, whenever I go practice putting, uh, I mean, I have things at home where I can practice those eight to 10 foot putts, no problem. But when I get out onto the green, I'm setting myself up from 20, 20 feet maybe 30 feet go into 10 feet like you you yeah. gotta be rolling the rock from all different parts of the green because i mean i my proximity to the hole just isn't that tight uh on my approach shots yeah and the thing is there too we were talking about it like they have um we've talked about this on the podcast we don't really have grain in the northeast the the especially at tpc champions i was noticing it like there's like rain to the to the greens you know so like if you're going up or down grain it makes a difference in the speed like you can be going uphill but down grain and like you have a lightning fast puck you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so it it, that's really tough to read too um so yeah that's that that's that was the golf for the weekend um trying to think of and we had an amazing meal as as a whole group on friday night the night i got in there Oh, yeah? beautiful this like beautiful steakhouse private room um that private private waiter like the not a private bar but like one of the bars for the restaurant was in the room that we had as a private room so like your drinks came like immediately um and it, w- it was really cool they had a uh there was a section on the menu called i think it was called i don't give a fuck and it was basically like flat rate per person. Like, don't worry about it. We'll take care of you. And they bring you out like a five course meal. Um, so we all did it. So they just started bringing everything out like family style, like drinks were, fl- it was just, it was really, it was like the perfect like splurge bachelor party type uh, type dinner meal. So that, that was nice. Um, well, I've got to ask. Yeah. How much does not giving a fuck cost? Uh the I don't give a fuck itself with with like none of the other things that we got was two hundred dollars a person. Yeah, 
Um, yeah, we we did end up spending more than that, but uh, that's a conversation for another day. But that leads me to my next topic of conversation. Me and a couple of the other guys decided to go to casino. Like we went to dinner, went out to another bar. A few of the guys were like absolutely hammered, and like me and a couple of the other guys were like had had a couple of drinks, but like weren't like yeah, you're grown faced. Didn't, didn't want to be in this. We, we were in this bar that was like I felt like it would have been on like a college campus, and like okay. some of us were like we don't really feel like being here. Some guys were going back home. We're like let's go to the casino. Um, I end up playing roulette for like thirty minutes and uh, cash out for fourteen hundred dollars. So I yeah, you did. Entire, first night I was there, paid for my entire trip. Um, so that was tight. That's awesome. Uh, especially after an expensive dinner. That what number did you hit? I had a bunch. I hit four on my first spin. I was playing, I played roulette for, it might've not even been 30 minutes. Like all the other guys were playing blackjack. I don't like playing blackjack and I wasn't even going to gamble. Um, I like walked over to roulette. A couple I wasn't times. even going to gamble. No, I really wasn't. I, I was like, I don't know, dude. First of all, it was a super small casino. It was kind of weird. They had two roulette tables and they were both super crowded. Walked over there like twice. They kept being crowded. And then I'm like, we're probably not leaving anytime soon. These guys are like into blackjack right now. I walked back over there one more time and there was just like one other guy at the table. So I'm like, all right, I'll play. Hit four on my first spin. I think mixed, missed the next spin and then hit a number on the third spin. So then I just start going. Um, I hit later in the in my session, I hit four again, twice in a row, the first time with 10 bucks on it, the second time with 20 bucks on it. So I was just like, <laughs> I just got so hot and the dealer muscle, like the dealer probably made a hundred bucks off of me in the time I was there. Cause I was just like, I just kept tipping oh, them. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, all right, man, I'm, I'm cashing out. He's like, feast or famine, baby. I love it. I'll see you later. <laughs> um, so I just walked back over there and I was like, yeah, I'm up 14. I'm good to go whenever, guys. Everyone else is down four. <laughs> yeah, I might have been the only one that went up that night. But um, yeah, so that was nice. And um, what else did we do? Nothing really crazy other than that. Uh, went to a bar to watch the football games on Sunday and just kind of like hung out with the boys and, and played golf the rest of the weekend. Um, did we ever set an over-under for my balls, my golf balls? I don't think we set an over under. I think we said it would be safe to bring a dozen. Yeah. So what I ended up bringing was a dozen plus one sleeve, um, which I, I didn't 15 do on purpose. for all of you simpletons. Yeah. I didn't do on purpose. I just got there and realized I had a sleeve of golf balls in my um, bag from that. I bring to the simulator. Mm-hmm. Let me guess. Do you have a guess? Yeah. 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 Guess? Okay. Okay. I'm going to guess you lost three golf balls. I lost zero golf balls. Nice, man. Dude, desert golf. Like you, it was hard to, like, there was a couple holes that like I could have gone OB and like never found my ball, I guess. But for the most part, like if you hit it into the desert, you just got like this bright ass white ball just sitting on top of like this gray dirt. Like it sticks out. Like it's really hard to lose it. Mm-hmm. Um, So I felt, I was pumped about that. Like to not play great and not lose a ball. I'm like, sure. Why not? That's usually something that I, pride myself on uh like if like nothing else goes right that day i can go home and be like hey man i didn't lose a golf ball like i might have been all over the fucking place but i wasn't out of bounds or even if i was out of bounds and i found the golf ball like yeah 
So I will say I used a different golf ball every day because when it goes into the desert, it gets, it's like going into a parking lot. Like it gets scuffed up. Yeah. I bet. Um, like all the, the little edges of the dimples, like were they weren't white anymore. Like they were like, they were all worn off, but yeah, no balls lost. I thought that was like a great victory. That's awesome. Well done, man. Yeah. Well, thanks. Sounds like the trip overall was a, was a success. Um, now you just yeah, keep, we got to go back. Keep your golf trips going for the year. Right, where are you going next? Wait, before we go on to where I'm going next, because I actually am going somewhere that I might kids, kids always going somewhere. Yeah. Um, one thing I will mention about Scottsdale, golf is unbelievably expensive. My my round on Friday that I played at the quote unquote local Muni mm-hmm. was my cheap round. I paid $110 because I booked ahead online, but everybody else that was in my group paid $140. Um, that was my cheap round for the week. Um, like talking stick was, I forget like the round and the ball marker I got, it came to like $300 flat. And then TPC was probably like two fifty to play. It was, it's expensive to play golf out there. Like it would be really hard to live out there full time and play golf regularly. Jeez. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's pretty steep. Well, thank, uh, thank goodness for the casino Friday night. Bro, well, that's what I'm saying. It was it would have been a really expensive weekend had I not offset that. But um, yeah, I'm sorry. What was your? Where am I going next? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have any golf trip. Well, I might have something in the works. But yeah, do, do you have any other winter? Any other winter plans? We're, we're only in January, and as much as you yeah. fucking travel, I mean, yeah, I don't have a golf trip planned. But uh, Julia and I did book a like a long weekend trip down to Savannah, Georgia, Georgia, um, and the. The hotel we're staying at, Brian, is uh, has a golf course on site. Love that. Get a little uh, yeah. nine in, come back for breakfast, nine more when she's at the pool. Yeah, it's going to be great. I'll be able to play 18 probably multiple times because, you know, those resort courses, if you can get out first thing in the morning, you can probably you can get around quick. And Julia's a, a late sleeper anyway, so I'll, I'll make sure to take advantage of all that. That's awesome. I'm uh yeah. I'm going to spend a week down in Virginia beach in May and then going to do another week in Florida, um, Orlando area in, um, either late September or early October. So clubs are coming with what's bringing, what's bringing you to Orlando. Um, (laughs) just being a victim of marketing. Um, Sheridan sent me a, a pamphlet. It was like, we'll give you, uh, Five nights uh, with a two-bedroom villa for four ninety-nine, and we'll also give you either fifteen thousand points or like a hundred-dollar gift card to the uh, Planet yeah. Hollywood. And I yeah. was like, "And you have a year to use it." So, do you have to sit through a presentation or something? No, they just offered it to me because I'm a, a Bonvoy member, and yeah, uh, oh, fuck it. I mean, it said that like. Um, the availability was limited, so like you had to. I mean, I don't fucking remember. But it's a cheaper thing. I I went to the website of the place. It would be like a little bit more than double, like maybe two point two five. Uh, the cost yeah. if we just went there, um, and paid to stay there. Yeah. So uh, well, Courtney likes to go away. So we already had the the week planned in. For Virginia Beach in May, and then if we're gonna go for yeah. a week, why don't we space that shit out? And if we're going to Florida, I want that shit to be in the fall, because 
Yeah, I thought you were going to say like July. I'm like, well, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, I, I, I did. Uh, we had Mike Price's bachelor party in August in Miami, and that was probably one of the worst things I've done outside of what I did at this bachelor party in Vegas. But we don't, we don't need to get into specifics. Um, but no, it, it was just awful going experiencing that heat in August. Um, so no, I'd be yeah. looking at like last week in September maybe mid-October, something like that. So I don't have it booked yet, but I already purchased the days. I just need to book the dates through the hotel. Cool. But That's awesome, man. That's but we'll exciting. be flying Southwest. So obviously two bags fly free. One of those is my fucking clubs. The other is Charlotte's uh, car seat. But uh, I wonder if she gets two bags. I'm buying her a ticket. She should get two bags. She's got stuffed animals. She's got shit to bring. Oh boy, Harriet! Though that's the nice thing. So I have I always fly American because I have an American Airlines credit card, and just being yeah. a credit card member, a I get to like you get the good boarding class. So there's always overhead room for your carry on, and B you get one free checked bag. So I always just bring a carry on with my clothes, and then I bring my golf bag. Don't have to pay for anything. It's great. Yeah, that yeah that that's sick. And same sort of thing. That's why we'd be flying south. Well, I shouldn't say that's why we're flying Southwest. We're flying Southwest, yes, because I have a credit card and I'll be able to pay for all three of our flights there and back with points. Um, yeah. But flying direct is uh, important for me. And oh, yeah. it had just the most attractive um, departure and travel times. So That's I feel good. like we got yeah. off on a tangent, but the boys are going to be golfing this year. Um, Hell yeah. And, and that'll be great. But uh, what else? So I've been... Virtual golf isn't going that great. Um, I'm just, oh, I'm, just yeah. I'm gonna get out. I'm gonna get out in front of it. Um, okay. I feel like this has happened to me in the past, so I I'm not gonna go on it too deep. But me and Nate just fucking suck. Like me and Nate are like he he might be either the lowest handicap or the second lowest handicap in the league. Um, I'm probably I'm definitely in the top fifty percent. I'm confident saying that. Um, and we just get our asses beat every fucking week. We just get smoked by yeah, and it's 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 um in varying ways. Like um, two weeks ago we got smoked by um Keith Christensen, fan of the pod. Uh, also like the marker locker when I showed him earlier this week. Um, nice. And him and his partner Will, they just I mean when. It seems like every time we have opponents, like they take advantage of holes where they stroke on. And yeah, it just seems like me and Nate don't do that. Um, granted, it's a lot tougher. Like if you're Nate and you only get two fucking strokes, um, say I'm getting five, like that's cool. Um, it is cool. Getting five strokes is cool. Um, but if you go up against someone and they get two strokes, I mean, it's it's tough. We got our asses kicked by Mike Price and Jason Takis. I mean, they it, it was really bad. We're sitting in like dead last. Um, and dead last? Uh, well, no, dead last is they're not real players. It's like a play to par. It's a simulator. Yeah. So I mean, we're second to last. But in terms of people that pay taxes and have a heart, yeah, we're last. Um, I think. How I many think. weeks are left? Are you like halfway through the season? No, we still got time. We we still have time. Okay. Um, but it, it it's just tough sledding. Uh, two weeks ago, Mike Price had a net hole in one. 
he birdied the hole and he gets a net hole in one because he got two strokes on the hole. Like he said, it was like a 340 yard par four. He was like, I don't know. It was pretty straight. I hit my approach shot to nine feet, rolled in the birdie. And then I saw it was for a one. I was like, that was fucking sick. Guy gets paid out like $130 for skins. Um, good for him. Good for him. That's nice. Um, the, the this other group, um, the woman is a 36 handicap. The guy, her husband is a 38 handicap. So, I mean, they're getting at least two strokes a hole. You, when you have a triple bogey max, your your window to score against that, and they're like tied for fourth. Like they're they're the worst golfers in the league, and they're making money and they're winning matches. Is it not net triple bogey max? Because it should be. No, it's gross triple bogey max. That's fucked up. Because like, I agree. The worst they can do is a bogey. Right. Yeah, but this is why I'm not going to go down that road. I just wanted to say how it is, and and we'll move on because I've I'm pretty sure I've bitched about this every single year. Um, there just needs yeah. to be a better way to do the handicap system besides lighting it. You shouldn't have to play against people that get two strokes on a hole if your team is getting like less than five strokes on nine. Right. It's just, because it's, it's triple bogey max gross six foot auto putt uh, It's six foot gimmies. So you don't even really have yeah. to get the ball in the hole. Right. Yeah. It's just tough. It, yeah. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Uh, Nate and I, we're not, we're not doing great right now, but let me tell you, we're both having fun. Um, Nate was unable to make it this past week. Um, so I played against these two guys by myself. Uh, they were a bit, a bit serious. Both of them were wearing like, like golf shoes that like Justin Thomas wears, like, like dress shoes looking golf shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they were pretty serious. I, I love those guys at the sim that like, so like I carry my golf shoe or I carry my shoes into the simulator just because I don't want to track like all like the salt and stuff from the outside into like the simulator bay itself. So I was like, I carry my, my stuff in, but I love the guys that like come dressed for golf. Oh, you wear golf shoes in the simulator? Just like indoor cyclist golf shoes. Oh, well, just instead of like regular sneakers. Like I'm usually like when I go to the, when I'm going around, I'm just wearing like my, my Crocs or whatever. Like I'm not going to play in those. And I just like grab like my cyclist shoes out of the car and bring them in. Oh yeah. I got you. I mean, I own more pairs of, I own more pairs of go- like spikeless golf shoes than I own regular pairs of sneakers. Like I just, I could be out on uh, a golf course anytime. I need to, I need to be able to roll. Um, right now I'm wearing. Yeah. Something. I actually don't have any just like regular, like a lot of my regular sneakers that I own are like, um, they're like running shoes. So they're like really thick soles. So I don't like, I, I feel like I, like I like shift or like, they're probably not good for my ankles to be swinging a golf club in. Who knows? Billy uh, fucking Happy Gilmore was hitting 400 yard bombs in Timberlands. So anything that's and true. And his laces weren't even tied. So yeah. like, floppy tongue and everything. So it's it's possible. We'll see. Well, um, that's what Preacher Man said in uh, Friday Night Lights. Like, I can knock you out in a pair of flip flops. <laughs> um, yeah. So things aren't going too great. Um, actually, but I I held my own a little bit uh, this week. I only lost, I think. So we. 
right now it's sitting at 70 to 30. So I put up 30 on my own. They get 10. So they beat us 60 to 30 with just my score. They get five points for each hole for gross, five points for net. That goes up to 90 points. And then you get 10 points for the winning team. So Nate could win the three holes that I lost against these two guys on. And we could win this week. We're not like. Oh, so he can still go play on his own and pick up his. Oh, cool. Okay. And uh, I won't tell him. I'm sure he won't want to know what their score is, but. Well, um, don't tell him what holes he needs to do well on either. Because he won't like that. He's. Oh, he would have hated this. They put in the handicaps. So like. After each hole, it showed if you were stroking what you like. I I think you would have hated it. I didn't get what was going on at first. I was like, wait, why are all these ones on? You haven't even played the hole yet. He's like, no, those are my strokes. And I was like, wait, why are there so many? And then secondly, all right, let's roll. (laughs) Secondly, all right. Oh, no, this I've got I've got I do have a beef uh, that I need to mention about the league. I know. Okay. Pitching about that for the past. 15 minutes, but you're supposed to get there. It starts at seven. You can get there yeah. like 10 of quarter of if, if it's open, you can't, if the Sims open, start warming up because let's, let's fucking go. It's a business. Let's get in and get out. Um, yeah. Nate wasn't going to be there this week. So I was like, all right, well, I mean, there's only gonna be three of us in the group. It's going to go relatively quick. Um, the first member of the other team didn't show up until seven 20. And then his partner didn't show up till seven 30. I was quite annoyed. Uh, and they're just rolling in like, oh, we, we good to go. And I'm like, if you had a seven o'clock tea time somewhere and you showed up at 730, what do you think they'd say to you? I'm surprised you didn't just start playing. So I was just sitting there talking to Chris, who like runs the place. And then the other kid comes in. He's like, Chris says to him, he's like, hey, man, hit a few balls. And then you guys need to get going. We're not waiting for this kid. He's like, all right, hits a few balls. Goes and takes a shit. Seriously, like literally goes and takes a shit um, in a public restroom. And Chris comes back in. He's like, fuck this, dude. I'm I'm starting you guys. And he, he starts it up. I just wait. I didn't want to hit my tee shot with him not being there. So I just kind of stood in front of the well, yeah. for yeah. a minute. Um, yeah. Said, Hope you have a good match. He puts his hand out. I said, I'm not fucking shaking your your hand. It's it's dry. That's weird. Um. Wait, he said that. Oh, (laughs) I thought you were saying you went to shake his hand and he told you he wasn't shaking your hand. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, just I I don't know. I mean, they were fine as we were playing, but I think I'd invite him to my to my men's club. That's where we'll we'll go with that. Oh, that got. Oh, my gosh. He uh, this guy said a joke and. We're all we're all friendly here because I'm also going to say how obnoxiously atrocious this joke was. This guy's like in his mid 30s. He's like, well, I'm single, blah, blah, blah. Because I said like, oh, you know, I've got a two year old at home. And he's like, let me tell you, I tell people I'm just pro abortion. And I was like, hey, man, your rights or whatever. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about her choice. I'm talking about I am just pro abortion. And and he, he starts laughing. He's like, isn't that so funny? And I'm like, no. Uh, no, that's not funny, actually. Yeah, because if what your mom thought that, you wouldn't be here, you dick fuck. Um, right? Yeah, very rude. Didn't like that. Didn't, uh, your your ice. What a weird group. What a weird joke to make. Like, 
it's one thing if you're like hanging out with all your buddies that you've known since you were 12 years old and you're just like making like ridiculous comments but like to just like drop one of those to some dude you just met at the simulator who mentions what? his daughter <laughs> right that is absurd yeah what a clown um wow so i don't know i i i'm confident nate will bring it home for us this week and fuck those guys but um get it nate got... when's he going i'm not sure um i don't know but uh we've got some other big news uh approaching tonight uh and very shortly we've got our fantasy draft um we are back at it again this year 11 contestants uh so there will be 11 teams each person will draft 11 players six of them will start five will sit on the pine and um it's going to be a doozy uh the draft um the draft order i'm very excited about we we had a someone at our golf league who is our a virtual golf who is not in the fantasy golf league uh out the draft order um which is uh you know it worked out for me i i, I got the second pick drew zito coming to the league this year gonna get the first overall pick i mean that's just that's some nice luck right there i am curious what he's gonna do with it i'm wondering if the trend will continue of new people in year one being really good because didn't we have like the costume Pat played, were both there yeah both of them Big, big year ones. Yep, yep. So um, we'll myself, not. Uh, I think year one, I came in like ninth out of ten, or maybe eighth out of yeah, ten. Yeah, but good. that was everybody's year one for that. So that does, <laughs> that's hard to count. Um, so we got Zito first, me second, uh, Johnny La third, Mike Price fourth, Kevin coming in the five hole, then Nelly, Kenny, Jack at eight, Pat at nine, John Ackley at ten, and then Jared Kosky bringing it in. In the eleventh hole, and we'll have this picket twelve as well. Is Jared a new person too? Yeah, he's oh, a okay. he's a friend of Mike Price. Um, this is the okay. individual I believe I mentioned on the podcast before. I had forgot one of my life in the rough winter hats at virtual golf mm. one day. It ends up in his garage. He looks me in my face yeah. when I ask about it, like six months later, and he's like, "Oh, dude, I threw that shit away." Um, and I'm. All right, well, whatever. It's cool. But yeah. uh yeah, no, that's Jared. So he's a Raiders fan. He definitely has his own trials and tribulations to deal with in life. So I'm not gonna get all over him about a twenty dollar hat. But uh yeah, he's coming in the eleventh pick. That might not be a surprise based on the uh the hat that was thrown away. Yeah, so that, that one might have been rigged. Uh I'm excited. I draft night is always exciting. I uh, I'm not it's yet to be determined if I'm gonna be able to hop on the video call, but I would really like to because the video call is always exciting. We have such a good league and our group chat is just amazing. Like I feel like I I feel like the world is a better place when our fantasy golf group chat is firing on all cylinders. A lot of banter going on. Um and what the the video chat's always great too. So I'm looking forward to the draft. I'm looking forward to seeing what my team looks like. I'm sure you're looking forward to the same thing. Oh, um, and you're in the two. I'm in the two spot. Very anxious about it. I, I have. Do you have someone that you want that you're hoping he doesn't take? Like, do you have a, a clear cut number one that you would like him to not take? To be honest, I. If Scheffler, if he doesn't take Scheffler, number one, I'll take Scheffler at two. 
Yeah. I assume he'll take Scheffler at one. I'll take Rory at two. Yeah. Um, I am very optimistic about Rory's uh, where his game's at this year. Now that he's not the cheerleader for the PGA Tour, now that he's able to just worry about his own game, worry about playing with Poppy on the sides. Um, yeah. I don't know. I'm very hot too. I do. I, yeah. Um, I mean, granted, like he doesn't, he win the Dubai every year. Like I think, I think that's just yeah, kind of like, so. um, well, he almost won the week before too. Yes. Yeah. Um, so no, he's in good form. Granted, you know, the arguments there that he's playing against DP world tour players, as opposed to PGA tour players, you're going to have a little bit of, skill level difference there but hey you still have to beat the people that are right behind you um right and they're still a good play like didn't didn't tommy fleetwood won and then the one that he lost like um Moronk was right in there aberg or o- oberg was right in there uh nicolai yeah. guard was in contention i mean these guys yeah are there's there's players out there yeah. yeah um yeah so I, I i'm really excited what i'm what i'm real kind of anxious about kev is when it gets back to me so, you know, picking number two, my next pick isn't coming until 21. Um, it's, a, yeah. it's a long time. So it's just like, I'm just going to probably type some guys' names in uh, and probably start hitting delete or highlighting them red as they come off the board. Um, I, I haven't yeah. set up any sort of like depth chart not depth chart, any like sort of rankings or how, you know, who I would want on my team, where they would fall. Um, I haven't gotten that far. I have really been slacking on this, but um, yeah, I'm just, that. that's what I'm anxious about before we even chose the draft. Like I was anxious about like, Oh my God, I don't want, like, I didn't even know what pick I wanted. Like last year when I got the first pick, I was pissed about it because if you're first, yeah. your second pick is until 22. And like, that's a long fucking time. Um, but it worked out really long time. So it it worked out for me last year because the guys I drafted, they all stepped it up. You know, Keegan stepped it up last year. Ricky Fowler stepped it up last year. Uh, But besides like that, when I was drafting the guy, like Figala really stepped it up last year. Like they were Mm -hmm. good guys. Like, oh man, that's a good pick. Like that's solid. But when they all then start winning tournaments, it's like, shit, that that's a, that's a squad you got at the, uh, I went back and looked. Between the RBC Canadian Open that started uh, June 8th last year to the Scottish Open July 13th, I won five out of six events. The decent, decent run. The boys were hot. Yeah, I won four in yeah, a row. I remember that too. And you were, you John were running won, really hot. And then I won again. Yeah, it was, it was, it was a hot five weeks for, for the, for the squad. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's partially about luck. Yeah, you want to draft good guys, but for the most part, everyone that gets picked in the first six rounds is going to be a good golfer. Right. It's actually really interesting when you start getting past like this, the fifth and sixth rounds and you're starting to pick players that there's probably guys in the league that don't know who they are, you know, <laughs> like a hundred percent and we're only halfway through the draft at that point so like you really gotta like you gotta know some you gotta know your shit when you're I, when you're drafting later yeah i'm confident that there will not be a player drafted that i don't know um but i am and i would say the same for you 
Um, I, but I would then say going further, agree with you that there are going to be people drafted that some people in the league don't know who they are. Um, and I could, I could say it is as simple as like recent winners. It's wild, dude. The last three PGA tournaments, the winners have been like 250 to one, 400 to one, 350 to one, like nothing but long shots. Grayson Murray. I bet there's people in our golf league that don't know who Grayson Murray is. Right. He's already won this year. I mean, he's going to be in right. every elevated event. Chris Kirk. What did I? Say? I guess Chris Kirk had a big had a big year last Chris year. Chris Kirk too. was so good people last might know year. him now, but um, still not like a household name though. No, but more known, I feel like him and Eric Cole really popped. Um, I mean, Eric Cole is rookie of the year. Yeah, Eric Cole is somebody that I don't necessarily see having a good year this year. Yeah, he he might but, not. Um, I'm just just, just going opinion. off of your point. There's definitely going to be people that are drafted that uh, people aren't going to know. I I will tell you, last thing, and then I promise I'll stop. I am very happy about the outcome of Will Zalatoris and uh, Berger, uh, Daniel Berger. Yeah, dude, same. They were just under the radar. Oh my good. Well, no, Daniel Berger hadn't played in a year and a half, and Will Zalatoris is just coming back from injury as well. So like nobody knew how these guys were going to perform and they look like they are right back where they were. So it's good. No, to see. I guess what I'm saying is they under the radar in the sense that they played well, but not so well that like they were like all over the highlights. Oh like, yeah. It was like well, encouraging to see that they have their game, but like not so much so that like, everybody that we're draft that's drafting is going to be like, Oh, I can't wait to draft like Zalatoy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I no, I completely right. agree. Um, yeah. So why don't I actually, I'm going to do this. Um, this will be coming out after our draft. So no one will know, but um, where do you think Berger and Zalatoris are in OWGR? Actually, OWGR. Actually, I think we recently did Zalatoris. Yeah, we did. You can still guess it if you Stella want. Torres, I think, was still a top 50. Wasn't he like in the 40s or something, if I remember correctly? Yeah, 44. Where do you think Daniel Berger is? 70-something. Um, 583. Oh, he's been kind of out longer. Because even the Over year, a year and a half. last, he was struggling. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. But, dude, that's, that's kind of how it is. Like, it takes you a long way to fall. Like, when you're at the top, it's kind of like your handicap. Like when you get your handicap really low, it's like hard for it to go too far down. But once it starts, like it's easy to fall a ton down. And and he's uh, going to gain a ton. Um, But it's like, yeah, his last event was at the U.S. Open in May of 2022. He missed wow, the yeah. second I half of 22, all of 23. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, he's been out a while. So someone like that, that this is, I probably shouldn't have brought this up unless he was on Kevin's board, but someone like that who will oh, probably play some good golf um, is not going to be there in the rankings. He also is not going to be in any elevated events, most likely, but. Who knows? Unless he comes out and wins a tournament early. Yeah, which I don't, is possible. I don't really see, I don't necessarily see him winning a tournament this year, but. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'm excited for the draft, Kev. Me too, man. We'll uh, we'll let you guys know how it goes next week. I'm Kevin O'Coin. And I'm Brian Ackley. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll catch you next week. See ya. See ya. Peace.